today, we are unapologetically going to talk about starting a fall garden. That's right. We are going to plan our fall garden today, right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the backyard gardener, and Batavia, the front yard gardener. One in the country. One in the city. Now get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening as we learn to grow and grow for change. All right, it's time for the Backyard Gardens podcast fall seed giveaway. To enter, go to BackyardGardensTV.com, enter your email address, and be sure to do that before August the 1st, 2021, when the giveaway closes. Good luck. Okay, I have... uh... I don't know how I feel about this, Batavia. I don't know if we should or shouldn't feel bad about talking about fall gardening in the middle of summer, but that's just the way it is. Every year we do it now. Mm-hmm. I know we shouldn't feel bad. What I do know is that um, we still invite you to listen if you are someone that says after summer you're done um, because I or was you just that say, gardener. Or you just say there's no way in hell I want to think about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> what are we like? mid-July you know I really haven't even broke in my grill yet like we're still in the the throes of summer and you want to know what else I'm not uh sorry about letting y'all know that there's t-shirts down below check Mm -hmm. them out you can buy them and check out our Amazon shopping list um that we use the products and we like them when we think you would use them and it helps the show out no extra cost to you, so oh goodness, thank you. Okay, fall gardening is uh, near and dear to my heart, but I don't want to get too deep into it yet because I do have a summer gardening listener question. Go for you it. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. This actually, this is fresh off the presses too. Don't know if y'all are still doing listener questions, but I have a decision to make. My tomato bed is a bit crowded with four plants. On one side is an in an eight to nine foot bed. I have fruit on all of my plants and I'm pruning to keep airflow, but I can't decide if I should pull one plant to give space to the others. Ideas and opinions on this. I feel like I feel like you guys are targeting me. I feel like you're testing my resolve. Um I feel like I'm being tested too, just so you know. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to do this. We're going to get in and out of this. Pull it. Pull one of them. Um, okay. So uh, there. Do you want to hear what I said real quick? Just so I would never just lead off with that as a response. <laughs> I would have a whole paragraph that explains and asks questions. But yeah, let's hear what you said. I said, if I would have pulled my fourth plant last year, I would have had three more months of tomatoes instead of disease. Oh, goodness. I mean, and that was that was the truth. You know what I mean? And you and I talked about it. Like, if I would have done that, it would have been game over. Yeah, that's that's, you know, well, there you have it. Um, yeah. So I have um, the place where I commonly grow tomatoes. It's they're seven feet. There's two seven feet beds, seven foot bed, 12 foot bed, then a seven foot bed. And so I have three tomato plants in the seven foot bed and it's crowded. And I've had three tomato plants in the seven foot bed for a number of years. It gets crowded in there. Right. Uh, The 12 foot bed. I think I have five in there this year. It's going to get crowded. Right. Um, So if I'm thinking about her eight or, or his eight or nine foot bed. You know, four plants. I think they would thrive if there were three, because that's really you're given three feet of of space for each plant. Yeah, I have three um, indeterminate orange banana tomatoes in an eight foot long bed. And then on one side of it, I also have crammed in on the very edge of the bed, two pepper plants next to them. Mm -hmm. Um, They are growing together at this point. Mm hmm. And I really need to, um, I need to get out there and really cut back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's starting to, like, they keep getting mangled and everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've cleaned. And so one thing that you can do, and I, you know, I haven't done in the past, um, cause I never had issues cause I never tried to cram tomatoes mm-hmm. in is I trim up 
about, you know, on, on indeterminate tomatoes, I go up about two feet, mm-hmm. no foliage. Yeah. From, and so that way you don't get that splash back. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I don't know, man. I, you know, I felt kind of bad being like, I would pull it, but. Well, the person did the, do we, can we say the person's name? I didn't ask. So, okay. but what uh, do we need to say their name for? So tomato. Well, cause I was going <laughs> to talk to them. So tomato person. Um, there you go. I would my first question would have been are they all the same variety and if they're all the same tomato plants I'd I mean I think they're almost there they're just looking for someone else to give a, an, another opinion like to co-sign on it I think that they are on the right track right they're trying to make sure that there's airflow you know they're pruning with the plants and it's July it's just going to get bushier and bushier right so yeah. I'm agree. I probably wouldn't have suggested this just looking at a person's bed like, oh, there are four tomato plants there. You should probably pull one of those. But given the road that this person's head on, headed on, I'm signing on to it, especially if they're all the same variety. If they're not the same variety, I probably would have some pause because basically you're giving up a certain type of tomato if you pull one. Yeah. So um, I agree with that. At the same time, though, I say, would you rather have one kind of not one kind of tomato or no tomatoes mm-hmm. um and i well, mean it just, well, dude, let's just be fair though it's possible for this person tomato person um to still have healthy plants to yeah. still have a bountiful harvest from the worst four plants well you cut me off too before I was yeah absolutely did cut you off you cut me off hard mm-hmm, too yeah. i mean there was even there wasn't even a horn on that one <laughs> <laughs> that's the sound of my brakes. <laughs> Actually, my car sounds way louder than that, but that's another story. But I mean, the thing is, is you have to think about it like this. You know, where I am, I have very humid weather. Mm-hmm. So that is just a recipe for disease and stuff like that. Now, where you are, you're not as humid, right? That's correct. I'm not. So you have a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit more play with it. So it's... Um, the other thing too is, and we need to really do an episode about this. Um, go ahead and jot this down is spacing. Mm-hmm. We really need to dedicate some time to spacing because, um, if you space these things outright, you will actually produce more than if you had more plants. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense because you're like, oh, well, hell if I plant five tomato plants and then, but that's not true. Yeah. So that's, yeah. um, you know, that's something to think about too. And I mean, it's a hard decision to make again is like, should I pull this plant? Especially if you start it from seed, you know, but yeah, I, um, I've been looking and, um, for my tomato plants and they're all so staggered when it comes to the stages that they're in, as far as growth, they were mm-hmm. all put in the ground basically the same day or within the same week. So it's pretty interesting. Um, right. one of them was probably smaller than the others. And that's, the early girl, you know, believe it or not. And so at this point, the benefit of the early girl has probably escaped me, but that plant's on the far end. So would I gain something from pulling it? Yeah, but not a whole lot, you know? Yeah. So, um, anywho, I, I mean, I think spacing. Have you gotten any tomatoes yet? No, not a tomato. Not a okay. tomato has been gotten. But remember, I put them in the ground like May 25th. So I'm just barely, I'm not even two months in for them being planted. Yeah. So, wow, it's crazy. I just, I'm not, never mind. I'm not Were you say doing the I math in yesterday. your head? I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not quite. Yeah. No, I did the math about how much I cut, picked yesterday, um, but I won't go into yeah. that. So, <laughs> <laughs> seven pounds. Um, you know, interestingly enough, though, I th- I thought my first cherry tomato was like June, July the fifteenth or something. I'm not gonna look back because I'm not gonna disappoint myself. No, don't do that. Because if I, if that. it is July fifteenth, it that ain't happening. I'm like way no. behind. <clears throat> No, but I mean, you know, if you make the tough decision now, then you're going to be, it'll just get it out of the way, get it done mm-hmm. and you'll be happy. But it is something that you really need to talk, ask, you know, and think about. And I agree with you thinking that people just look for a cosigner. Mm-hmm. So at my last job, um, you know, when I was a marine biologist, we would work in an office and people would literally walk around and ask everybody the same question until they found somebody that would give them the answer they wanted mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. go with it, you know? So um, that but, was a very common practice and that's okay. Yeah. But with tough the, decisions, which this is, I mean, you and I do this all the time with each other, you know? So, you know, what do you think about this? And, and do you want me to go with, over what the phone call is like? 
No, I'm on the other end, so I don't need you to go over what the phone calls are like. But the listeners need to hear how. <laughs> hey, Ben, I got a question for you. I got this thing. Look, Batavia, you just need to pull. Look here now. I know what needs to happen. I just don't want to do it. I need it. to talk through it. So I like how you just assume the conversations I was referring to were the ones I'm calling you on. Okay. Oh, I don't want it to I've be I've gotten where... enough of the, I know it's early, but I know you're up <laughs> <laughs> from you. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are different conversations. <laughs> Not real. I remember, um, you know, when you go, to, or, you know, when I was trimming my tomatoes and I second guessed myself, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it's good to have somebody to fall back on. But the reason why I bring that up is because... I knew in my head what to do. Mm-hmm. Like I knew, and the same with pulling the tomatoes. Like I knew my gut feeling was I got to pull a tomato, mm-hmm. but my heart told me no. Yeah. yeah, and that's the hard thing is you know. And this person, she, her gut told her what to do, but just needed somebody to say like, "What would you?" Yeah. Now, ultimately, yeah. in a perfect world, what would I do? I would cut one out and then I would move them all in space. And but you can't do that. Yeah, so. we're too far into it now. Yeah. And for so. the record, you know I looked because I know you know I looked. It was July 14th. So, I <laughs> so mean, I don't even close. I don't even know like how and Have you gotten a cherry tomato yet? Rewind, Leonard. What did I just say? Not a tomato has been gotten. I don't even have tomato like the forms of cherry tomatoes. Actually, the record should show that I'm not even sure if I planted cherry tomatoes at this point. So, my volunteers okay. I thought were cherry tomatoes, so I didn't really start or plant true cherry tomato plants and my volunteers are not cherry tomatoes so so first of all i just want to say um leonard you can go to hell on that rewind because <laughs> um a lot of people don't consider cherry tomatoes real tomatoes mm-hmm. because they come so early mm-hmm. and second of all if you didn't plant cherry tomatoes and you just did that to yourself and i'm sorry yeah but- because they come early isn't that's yeah. that's that's just silliness. People don't believe but that. Um, but let me clarify my volunteers. So I had two volunteer plants that were in a container that poisoned my entire grow room. But the tomato plants made it out, and so I was certain that they were. I was pretty sure they were cherry tomatoes, just based on how the tomatoes fall, you know, in the garden, and you know what mm-hmm. seeds could come out. And so far, one of the two is absolutely a green zebra, right? Um, and so. Who knows? The other one, which was like they were sitting together like twins when they kind of popped up. It's probably a green zebra as well, which means I have now intentionally planted one green zebra, which is one of my favorites and accidentally planted probably two and in turn not planting any cherry tomatoes. But I have a bunch of other volunteers that are like popping up like true volunteers in the cracks and I'm just letting all of that shit go. Like, I'm just going to see, you know, if I step on a tomato plant and break its mother's back, all right, fine. You know, if, yeah. if one of them actually produces, I'm, um, I'm sure I'll be pulling some of them, especially some of them there in the garden beds, but it's just fun to watch. Um, so, and yeah. so we have to move on to the show, but I just want to tell you what the final response was. Thank you. Fourth plant gone. More power to you. I can't believe you let me go on for five minutes on this and the four plan is already gone. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's fun to let you just get it all out. Good for you, tomato person. I'm proud of you. Hold on. Wait, wait. You get a... There you go. And this person's garden will be featured on our page as well. Ah, very cool. Very cool. Keep an eye out. I'm going to have to start logging in and looking at this stuff, man. I know. I I wish you would do it so I could take a break, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, And Leonard, too. So, also, while we're on the subject, before we move on, if you want to have your garden featured on our Instagram page, which we love doing because you all are part of our gardening tribe, so let's share our gardens with each other, then send us a DM us a picture at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it. And I believe they automatically go over to Facebook as well, so... Full garden shots too, please. Full garden. We want to see your entire garden. One guy, the last one we did, the guy had to send in was a uh, a panorama. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but, man. All right, we're going to take this break and then we're going to come back and talk about planning fall. A lot of y'all asked, how can you help support the Backyard Gardens podcast? Well, we have been busy and we have created a t-shirt line just for the gardener. 
to visit our shop, go to the link in the show notes and check out the t-shirts and other goodies we have. Now, these are super special t-shirts designed just for the gardener. So enjoy. Thank you for supporting the Backyard Gardens podcast. And we'll see you guys after the harvest. So, you know, as soon as I said we're going to come back and start talking about planting fall, a slight look of depression came over your face. Yeah, it's it's written all over my fla- my face. I don't have to say a word. Yeah. There's a whole song that I was trying to get to the next lyrics on that, you know, uh, here we are. Yeah, Stop making so, fun of me. I'm not making fun of you. Mm-hmm. I am um, observing. Mm-hmm. So, and I know that pain though, because when I lived up North, fall gardening was really a sad time for me because I knew that there was months where I could not get out in the garden. So, so now you wanna, it's... You're going to hear go something. Ahead. I went to the dentist yesterday and um, the next appointment is four months out. Don't even ask why, but here we are. And she said, all right, so how about November? I'm like, shit. You know, November, like, I don't want to talk about anything for November. Yeah. Like, that's absolutely summer is over. You know, she was like, and we may even get snow by then. I'm just like, just shut this whole thing down. Let's not talk Mm -hmm. about this. I'll call Mm -hmm. on the schedule, you know. (laughs) There's this thing called a U-Haul that will fix that. Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I, I mean, I agree with you. And, you know, for me, it's not as bad because I can continue to attempt to grow through the winter Mm -hmm. depending on how cold it gets which is kind of a heartbreak but um you know i'm in currently fully seeding my fall garden inside Mm -hmm. so um i have a lot of things started have you started anything yet Uh, no i have not yeah i'm right on the cusp of it i'm trying to do more i'm trying to focus my fall gardening so this is a part of my plan on things that I can direct so outdoors, mm-hmm. I'm trying to limit what I'm starting indoors. Um, and fortunately, so it's there's one side of everything and another side of the other things. So fortunately for me, while um, you know winter comes in, like fall is super duper short, and winter comes in quickly for me, um, the kind of summer going into fall typically is kind of mild. We end up getting cool like in September, like the very beginning of September, it could be pretty cool and stay, you know, and I say cool, like in the seventies would be a norm. Right. Um, so it's not too hot for me, but I have like a short eight week window at that point, you know, so we're going to get freezing temps eight weeks later by the end of October. So that said, I can get some crops in direct sowing them late August in my mind is a part of my plan and enjoy them. Now, there are some things that I do want to grow in the fall that I do need to start inside. And I'm right on the deadline from starting those as well. Yeah. I, um, so I started seeds inside and a lot of that is because I'm selling some of them too. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're in North Carolina, hit me up, you know what I'm saying? But um, I, you know, collards, for instance, like people around here love a collard. Mm-hmm. So as they um, should. As they should. As human beings. Yeah. Yeah. I started a lot of collards, but, um, and you know, because, and I'm not lying to you, Batavia, and I, you know, you would not, you come down in the winter and you drive around and you just see everybody's front yard, rows of collards all winter long growing because they're so hardy, you know, they're such givers too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, everybody's collars look great. You know what I mean? So um, hell, the guy down the road, he's actually one of the richest people in our area because he, you know, their family bought a bunch of land back, like way back in the day. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. their front yard, they have this huge garden right now, and it's filled with like tomatoes and collards. And then all <laughs> winter, it's collards, and they're always out there working. It's it's mm-hmm. awesome to see because mm-hmm. um, it's heritage at that point. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just kind of like the way of life. Yeah, um, I have a, a vision of what I want a fall garden to look like. But because and this is the hardest part for fall gardening for me and planning it specifically, it's when do I give up on my summer crops? Yes. Um, and um, or and or do I leave space for my summer crops? Right. You know, so or do I leave space for my fall crops? I'm sorry. Meaning don't put a summer crop in there and just wait to come around for fall. So those pieces are the hardest for me. Like my vision. So I have two 10 foot long beds in the front yard, even with the need to cover the plants. My vision is for them to be full of just rows of collards. 
You know, yeah. like that's what I love to see either in the fall or spring. Um, however, that just hasn't worked out yet for me. Yeah. And that, I'm the same way. So, <clears throat> you know, as we talked about in the listener question, you know, the tomato's bad, pull it, whatever. You know, I've planned my garden for fall and, you, you know, you, you put it on paper or whatever you use and it's an empty slate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you can pack it. And then I go out there and so I'm like, okay, here's my empty slate. Here's how I want it. And then I look at it. I'm like, crap, I have all of these tomatoes here that if they're still going strong, like I don't want to pull them up. So the chances of me actually getting something in the ground in this bed mm-hmm. are pretty slim. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So for instance, like in this bed, I put carrots in there. Well, I need to start my carrots around like September, but I could still be getting full blown harvest in September. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I mean, really hard. I'll still have a bunch of tomatoes ripening. You yeah. know, there for sure will be still some that are growing. And we know by September, they really w- probably won't make it. But I still have some that are full on ripening in September. And that's the piece yeah. that's still fuzzy. It's going to take me a little while to figure out that transition for specifically that bed where I have the, the cage baby with all of those tomatoes. Um, you know, I think I'm going to do similarly. And this is actually a good point. Your plan for fall probably won't be exactly like your plan for spring, but will probably be pretty similar as far as what you're trying to grow. So I had some great success with lettuce kind of sitting on like closest to me in the raised bed and then um, tomatoes behind them. They were planted at different times. Now, the only challenge I have with, you know, kind of that interplanting, if you will, is tomatoes will be at their biggest. They will be the largest. And so they're going to shadow out a lot of stuff. Um, So... When I start in the spring, I am starting to your point with a clean, a clean slate. Whereas when I start in the fall, you know, again, I'm planting around things. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, you know, the bed that I have all my sweet potatoes in this year, when I pull those out, then that kind of gives me, you know, if I have seedlings to put in, then mm-hmm. I should be good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Depending on when they're done. So it's just really depends on like how my, and what stage my garden's in into how much so like this year i really am planning on pushing the wild garden pretty hard for um my fall planting Mm -hmm. because typically it's been an underperformer and it's been harder to take care of just because it's so young and i did so little so it's like i'm gonna pack a bunch of compost in it blah 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 redesign it and then kind of get that going and then that would give me a big section. So if everything else failed, at least I would have that. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's kind of how I have to look at it, which I don't know if this is the best way to look at it. But I mean, I've already direct started direct seeding um, rutabagas mm-hmm, at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing is I still have some vegetables that would go into a fall garden in my garden that were planted in the spring. Not a lot. You know, but, you know, things like obviously my collards here in Chicago, here in zone six, I'm able to grow collards from we know now the spring for sure through the Mm -hmm. summer into the fall. So the same plants, if I can keep them healthy, they'll carry me through. Right. So Mm -hmm. I don't need to come back around with another, um, you know, kind of planting of collards. I think I have enough Um, rutabagas. Like I said, I still have rutabagas where you can start to see they're coming up. Um, above the soil so I could probably pull them and replant more you know we'll see how that goes Um, things like you know kale which this is like I don't know how many years I've still been trying to get to the kale harvest that I really want um, and still haven't gotten there Um, so that's definitely something I want to focus in on the fall Um, but but yeah I mean I think that you know I'm gonna say it I'm gonna be okay with it Fall for me is becoming almost a do-over of sorts for my spring, for my spring. Of I may course. have said this before, you know, no, it um, is. It, I'm not doing broccoli over. I've already decided we're just going to try it again next spring. I'm doing broccoli over. Yeah. I'm not going to set me, myself I'm up. To, for me, I'm, f- I'm finding the sweet spot mm-hmm. in the year to grow it. You know what I mean? So because it's going to be getting warmer to cooler generally that means it won't bolt so i have a better chance in the fall i believe now i mean dude don't get me wrong i'm gonna do it every spring i'm gonna try every because there's not but so much you know yeah Um, go ahead you just you just made me 
take back what I just was adamant about because now it's in my mind. I don't know for sure if broccoli really is for fall for me. Like what if it it's never going to be successful in the spring? Let's just you know be completely negative. What if Why fall is the time? I'm mean, just no. Let's what if fall is the time? If I don't try it again this fall, I won't know that. Right. Yeah. So. But why isn't it good for spring? I don't know that it isn't. I'm just saying this year it wasn't. Yeah, I know that like, you know, because all mine went to bolt and that was basically because of temperature swings. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we are like for you when you get and this is for everybody out there. When you hit your, your, we'll say fall season, you know, when did you say you say September 1st? Like from September 1st mm-hmm. on, you're gradually getting cooler, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you, your days of 90s are pretty much over at that point. That's right. You know, so for me, come September, we're still in the upper nine, you know, mid 90s. And then towards the end of September, it can drop the 70, but then the next day it'll be 90s again. Mm-hmm. So we get those big temperature swings, which will send things into shock and have them bolt. So that's why I was able to get collard seeds this year. It was because of that temperature swing, because the plant thought that it was had gone through two years of cycle. Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. So it got really cold and they got really warm and then it went back and forth. So that's why I'm a big proponent of fall gardening, because everybody's generally getting cooler and cooler, though. So you just got to get the timing right. Yeah. My favorite website. You guys know what it is. Say it with us. Past weather. <laughs> uh, so I'm looking for September 2020, just going one year back just for the conversation. Yeah. What are there, 30 days in um, September? Just from a quick scroll, it looks like five of those days got above 80 degrees and it was still in the 80s. So there were no 90 degree temps as a Look high five days in the 80s, you know. So that's actually that's actually a pretty good sweet spot. Look at mine. Oh, hold on. I'm going to check October. Um Oh, oh, you yeah, get well, in depth. Yeah, there's snow. There's snow. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not, you know, uh, necessarily. What's the town again there? All right, I have to figure that out. I don't know. I think that um, for the fall and the spring, the reason why I was struggling and saying for, um, you know, broccoli may not be successful. I'm trying to figure out how early I can get broccoli out. Cause in my mind, I can't have broccoli in my garden in June. Like yeah. if at this point, even with cooler Junes, we still get some spikes coming out of May into June. You're not going to, I don't know that it's going to survive. And I want to be fair. Cause this is, it's only one year of, of evidence, if you will. Right. You know, but I absolutely know that broccoli before it even got sizable in the spring, it went you know, like in a blink of an eye to yeah. bolting. So, well, and I mean, it's all about, and so that's the whole thing is just knowing what, when things need to be planted and doing the research behind it. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and really what it comes down to is starting early. You know, there's a reason why I started my seeds in June. Like, yeah, it broke my heart slightly, but you know, I want to grow Brussels sprouts. Yeah. So I need to have my Brussels sprouts in the ground by the middle of August at the latest. So, you know, now's go time. Like my, my Brussels sprouts have true leaves. Finally, they have their first true leaf. They're very slow this year and they're all inside and they're starting to grow. So, you know, and it's all about doing it in phases. So like chard is another one that I started early because it can take heat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I have a chard, you know, a bunch of chards going so, um, but for Brussels sprouts, tell me about, aren't they like a hundred plus days? Yeah, they're really long seasons. Uh-huh. So, you know, if I start them <clears throat> August, um, let's just say, well, technically they're started now, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I don't even want to talk about the seed pack numbers anymore. Okay. I'm tired of talking about it, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> so if I say, if they say it's a hundred days, I'm going to say it's a hundred days from the time I stick it in the ground, mm-hmm. in the ground mm-hmm. as a seedling, we'll call it a hundred days. Yeah. So if we do August 15th by November 30th, I should start to get it, which is perfect because they, they like to form their heads in cool weather. So, and, and if they quote unquote, get sweeter in the cool (laughs) weather after a light kiss of frost, 
I like the way they word it. After a light kiss of frost, mm-hmm. it gets sweeter. Um, go ahead and tell you right now, I never had a sweet green, but whatever. Um, then it just kind of works out in my favor. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Well, the thing about um, the greatness about leafy greens versus something that's forming ahead for fall is you can harvest it and it's edible at basically any stage. Right. right. You know, so that's the benefit there. Even for like turnips, I know that you're going to do them. I'm actually hoping to dedicate a whole bit to them. Um, if something comes around and the weather is getting too cold for them to survive, as long as they have leaves, I have something to eat. You know, right. so yeah, sure. I want them for the bottoms too. I want them from the actual root as well. But hey, I can pull that versus, you know, my cabbage or cauliflower let's say that i try in the fall i mean the whole goal is to really have that cauliflower head right yeah that's true i mean that is the entire purpose of having it is for the head and if you can't get it then what's the point in mm-hmm. having it you know yeah. we do know that but, you can you can do the the leaves but that's not what i'm i'm not carving out space in my garden for that no so let me um i want to go on record and say this okay and i want everybody Go ahead and hit that dial just a little bit and turn it up. The When you're growing these vegetables, like these heading vegetables and stuff, it's important to remember that you want them forming the head when it is cool outside. Mm-hmm. Okay? You don't put them in the ground while it's cool and expect them to form a head when it's freezing, which is a very common mistake. Mm-hmm. So you're going to put them in the ground when it's a little warmer than it should be. Mm-hmm in anticipation that when it's forming the head, it will already be cooling off. Ergo, you will have tighter heads and, you know, tighter and bigger heads Mm -hmm. because that's what they like. Okay. So that's very important to remember. So like we said, you know, for me, like I'm, I'm looking at the, what am I looking at? Time and date? I don't know what website you use. Yeah. Well, I got it for you for September. It's the opposite for you. It was easier to count the days that are not 80 or 90 degrees. (laughs) So (laughs) the days that you were below, like, you know, it's at 79 or lower were like seven days in September. So let's think about that. So there were basically five days out of 30 that I had 70 or above 80 degrees, which means all of the rest of the days were in the 70s. And then flip it for you. You have seven days are in the 70s, which means all of the other 23 days are in the 80s or 90s in September. Right. And then so I went to this website and it just gives me I guess it gives me the last week of the month for whatever reason, maybe because I don't pay for it. (laughs) But for October Mm -hmm. and my high was in the 80s every day last year at the end, the last week of October. Mm -hmm. So typically for me, October can be very warm. I think last year I remember it being a cool month. I remember commenting a lot about how it's been kind of cool. So that being said, you can see how like it gets kind of difficult to put these heading vegetables out because at the same time, what we have going on in the fall is we have the sun is getting lower and lower in the sky. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for my garden, because my property is surrounded by trees, I get more shade. So that can be a little bit difficult to get things. I have to get a jump on things. Yeah. So you need to remember, you know, so <clears throat> the, the general rule is, Take whatever the seed packet says. If it says 100 days, well, first of all, you know it's going to be more than that. But add two weeks to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then that should help you with the sun, the, the amount of sun. So does that make sense? It does. And I think we're about midway he- here through the episode. I do want to come through with just an internet search and list. I'm just going to rattle off some vegetables that could go into your fall garden. And I'm, I'll be interested in seeing how many of these that you're planting. Right. So quickly. I'll count them out as you go. Yeah. Arugula, spinach, Swiss chard, beets, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, kohlrabi, cabbage, turnips, radishes, peas, garlic, lettuce, mustard greens, green onions, kale, collards. I added collards because this is really not a valid list without it. I'm doing all of those except for arugula. Mm hmm. So <laughs> good on you. Yeah. I really what want to give cabbage a go again. My head. Was rutabaga in there? Uh, it was not. And I think it's not in there because of how long of a season it, it requires. Okay. So that's a solid reason too, mm-hmm. because you literally need, to, if you're listening to this and you haven't started your rutabaga, you're late. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, you, you literally, it's a hundred days for it. So, and it's, it's crazy too, because, you know, so is sweet potatoes. And a lot of people have a hard time growing sweet potatoes because they don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. But rutabagas like to grow when it's cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So that's the big difference. So. Yeah, but I think that, so take the other advice of forming rutabagas and um, root vegetables. Um, I believe would prefer some of these roots to form when it's cooler. Right. Yes. You know, so just like the head, we we're talking about the cabbage heads and, you know, broccoli heads and all of that. The same is true. Um, there's some, obviously carrots, like you're growing carrots, um, but they've already, before it, get, it gets super duper hot, they've already started to form a root and they're just continuing to grow. Um, and you're growing those throughout the summer. But you'll see if you look at some seed packages, a lot of them don't say you can start them all throughout the summer. A lot of uh-uh. things that struggle with heat, you'll see that sometimes June and July on your packaging, that's when they're telling you not to plant in a lot of areas because those are, again, the hotter months um, where you can maybe start them in August for a fall crop. Um, There's also, you you start to see when it comes to language, people start again, start talking about like weeks. How many weeks do you have before your first frost? So that's something that we we definitely need to to point out. Like start there when it comes to starting um, for your planning for fall. Find your average first frost date. You can generally search average first frost date in your zip code and find it. And generally those, that search that comes up is accurate. Then count back, right? So... There's, I mean, maybe arugula and spinach are probably a couple of the exceptions that don't need months. You know, those end up producing in, in some cases, weeks. And I guess you can throw radishes in there, too. Um, but a lot of these things probably need to be in the ground at least eight weeks before the frost. And so when I say in the ground, for a lot of these, you want that starter plant in the ground, which is the reason why young Ben here basically started his fall crops uh, inside in January or something like that. <laughs> in June. Yeah, in June. I mean, you know, and it felt weird. Like I did a lot. So, and I counted out six weeks. Mm-hmm. So six weeks from when I start, when do I want to get them in the ground? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something to think about is what is it from six weeks from that day? I want such and such to be growing. So <clears throat> we did that. Um, and I, I usually say six weeks and then maybe seven weeks. You know, you, you buy yourself a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm going to share something with you, Batavia. And I want you to see this. Okay. Um, can you see my screen? I can. So this is a planning calendar from my um, extension service. And it tells you if you go look and if you just Google, you know, uh, planning schedule for I do planning schedule for Eastern North Carolina and then my extension service has this and it tells you all of this stuff and it gives you this chart so you see like I can start technically seeding um, transplanting cabbage February 1st but that's not the date that's like the you could try mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you'd be better off to wait until the 15th of February mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so when you look at the seed packets it's the same thing. Like just because it says June doesn't really mean like June is the right time. Like June. Yeah. You, if you wait a couple of weeks either way. So, you know, this is what I have been operating by um, from March this time forward. And I'm going to go from um, over December and stuff like that, trying to use this chart. But and let me tell you, you something. Can- I love, love, love a good chart, a good list. <laughs> Bullets, that one just gets it going for you. Spreadsheets. Like, I've actually felt my eyes get teary. Like, I can't believe you haven't shared this with me. I just like looking at it. No, I mean, I think that's a part of the challenge when it comes to planning, right? Because now you're, you're, um, kind of managing, you know, uh, a bunch of different dates, a bunch of different vegetables while you're also still maintaining everything you have growing in the summer, you know? Yeah. So some of the, the tips that we can share when it comes to starting with your average first frost day, counting back, then deciding what you want to, um, you know, when you're going to start that thing indoors, obviously, I guess the first thing would be deciding what you're going to grow. So we read it off, rattled off a bunch of things you can grow. All of this is dependent on what your fall looks like too. We yeah. just talked about how your fall and my fall are different. You know, we're not talking Very about different. me being in Alaska and you California, not that different, but different enough. 
Right. And um, our frost dates are not that far apart either. No, that's because it's all a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I think most interesting, we're going to talk about this when we, we wrap up here. I think we should look at our weather uh, last year for November. I think that's the telltale, you know, because some of these things can survive a frost, right? Um, yeah. A lot of these things that we named in that list can. Many of them can't survive freezing, you know, so that's the real question. My average first frost, I believe it's October the 29th, right? And so that once we get into the October 20s, then, you know, we're all on watch. You know, it's coming. You know? So November 30th last year, I was 75 degrees with a low of 64. Bleep this out. You. <laughs> well, so, okay. But you remember what I said, what I call my zone? No, I don't. It's a heartbreak zone, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So um, a week before, it was a low of 37. Yeah, yeah. So you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, it's nice. No, it's not. Oh, no. it's nice. No, it's not. So. And while you, you know, hear those temps, it's like, oh, you could grow tomatoes and, you know, at the end of November. No, that 30, 37 degree temp killed them already. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean on the 19th, that 30 degree temp? <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, it, it's a r- real roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And that could send a plant to bolt in the middle of what would you would think would be the greatest. Like, you get a week of like, 30s at night and then it goes up to 60s mm-hmm. at night and 80s during the day you're it's gonna bolt yeah so let me you know ask you mean? it seems like we can push the envelope in summer a lot more when it comes to all right this really shouldn't be grown in the summer you know yeah. but if i do this that and the other then i can eke my way out and there's some tricks that we have some strategies some methods for both spring and fall but you're really you're talking about harsh temps right you know mm-hmm. so there's not a whole lot of play. That's the reason why we're talking about planting your fall garden in July. Because you're gonna, if you're going to do it, you got to get on top of it. I also think that, I think there was a question in there. So I'll pause just in case you heard the question. I don't remember if it was. Well, I have a statement, okay. which may be part of a question. I don't know. That's why we, um, we plant within the seasons. So. Sick. <laughs> That was the, you see, I got my hands on my head. I'm leaning back. That's, I was about to go on the soapbox about this. Go ahead. Take it away, brother. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, some things are meant to grow in this time and some Mm -hmm. things aren't. Mm -hmm. And Batavia's famous for covering some of her beds. Yeah. She's, she's world famous for it. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I'm going to say it Mm -hmm. worldwide. Everybody's like, Batavia, (laughs) you cover your beds just right. I love the Mm -hmm. way you do it. Mm -hmm. And it's season extension, but it's easier I think to cool a plant down than it is to warm a plant up. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. Uh, and I mean, either way, I think they're both very difficult to do, but I think there are easier, cheaper, more cost effective ways to cool a plant down Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. than it is to kind of keep it warm. Because I mean, at the point where you're trying to keep it warm, you're, you're now fighting an uphill battle Yeah, and you're fighting it for what? One tomato. Yeah. It's just, it's just going to get colder and colder and let's just keep it real. Like, at the end of summer going into fall and then once we get down to for people that have kind of frost dates right you're probably trying to buy time to get to it right so i don't have time in the next five days to pull all of these tomatoes off the plant so i'm trying to you know i need give me until the weekend right you know so i'm not trying to buy two or three more weeks you know, right. for my summer plants. Now for fall planting, when it comes to, I cover some of the veggies for fall plantings because although I've, you know, struggled with having a true full fall garden, I have grown food through November. And when I say grown, I mean like the food is there, and, you know, like it's not actively growing necessarily, but even into December, I think I have like a, a December garden tour, you know, on my channel from last year. There was still food right. in the garden, right? No, because I remember is... we celebrated that you harvested food in December. Now, I remember the cutoff being very early, yeah. mm-hmm. but the fact is, is you did it. Yeah, absolutely. And it was all about the vegetables that I did that for, 
right? So if I go back and look, there were some that didn't make it, right? So this these were a lot of leafy greens. So you, you're starting to look more like spring when it comes to what you're pulling out of the garden. Um, you know, there were some lettuces that, you know, took a, froze and then thawed and then froze and then said, girl, what are you doing? We, we're yeah. done here, you know? So, I mean, I think that's where your expectations, to your point, growing within season, you have to adjust those. You know, don't, don't well, be writing if- into us talking about... You you started your fall tomato plants, you know, unless you're in zone eight, nine or higher. Right. Like, you know, like, don't, yeah. don't come talking about, you know, how are they going to do in the fall? Cause they ain't. Well, and I mean, every, there's an exception to every rule and, you know, I mean, look at my greenhouse, for instance, like mm-hmm. <clears throat> somebody came to me the other day and they said, Hey man, I'm looking into getting a greenhouse. You know, can you help me? I said, sure. I can help you. I'm like, what do you want to grow? And they're like, Oh, you know, I want, you know, tomatoes cucumbers i'm like in the middle of winter <laughs> like yeah i'm like okay that's gonna be a totally different ball game mm-hmm. well i saw that you got so much out of your greenhouse i'm like because i planted correctly yeah. for my greenhouse for winter like yeah. the stuff that i put in there can get cold mm-hmm. and it will get cold and it's okay for it to get cold and it likes to get cold and that eliminates me having to add heat yeah light any kind of protection you mm-hmm. know what I mean so it's you know it's really difficult to try and explain to somebody like hey man you know you you got to be realistic about what your mm-hmm. goal is here mm-hmm. and in fall and winter you know let's just stick with fall we're not even going to talk about winter <laughs> for fall you need to be very realistic and it's like dude you've been eating tomatoes all summer <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you know what I mean mm-hmm. you've been giving away tomatoes because you couldn't eat them all, like give it up. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Plant something else in its space. Be okay with it, you know? Now, do you have to pull up that tomato to plant something for fall? No. What can we do? Something Come else. On, I don't know. Interplant. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was all, you know, I was in the audience like, yeah, uh-huh, go ahead. <laughs> no, oh, wait, we're, we're participating? Hold on. Wait, what? <laughs> you were eating popcorn and everything. Uh-huh. So you can take and put your lettuce underneath your tomato plant. When that tomato plant stops spitting out new tomatoes and mm-hmm. they're just ripening, mm-hmm. cut the tomatoes off, yep. take them inside and ripen them in your windowsill. You'll get fresh tomatoes in a month yeah. and you'll have your your lettuce growing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it just, to me, it makes so much more sense than trying to fight nature. You're not going to fight it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I see people do it all the time. Yeah, it's natural. I was just thinking about, so I've asked the question of what do you want to grow to a lot of people? And a lot of what people say, it's pretty traditional. What's what's in most starter gardens And I think it's just, it's that, it's the beauty of if you've never grown your own food before, like, unless you have some things you love as far as food goes, you're generally going to come back and answer like these typical things, right? And then you still, Mm -hmm. remember I told you, we talked about this, having no concept of, oh, this is supposed to grow in this season, right? We all heard the term seasonal, right? But not necessarily thinking about um, the amount of times I hear every time I talk about my collards, I know I talk about them a lot. Just have a drink every time I say it. You'll enjoy it. Every time I talk about my collards. I like hangovers. <laughs> there's going to be at least one person that says, I can't believe you're growing collards in the summer. And... I'm used to it now because I know now that they're typically a spring or fall uh, crop for the majority of people. Right. But I've only ever grown them in the summer because remember, my gardens have typically, I mean, we're 10 plus years of summer gardening only. And a lot of those years have had collard. You never had a sweet collard then. Well, clearly. Well, no, no. (laughs) I've had sweet collards because they they were kissed by frost at the end of the year. Yada, yada, yada. (laughs) Well, you know, so for me in... um in Massachusetts, I get kale all the way up until about middle of August. We yeah. could grow kale. And um, that was in the height of the kale craze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you remember when kale was real popular? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so that was one of the things, you know, you could grow that. And, you know, coming down here, like, it's not even an option. Uh, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Come May, cut it out, it's done. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, I am... I'm actually thrilled that like my charge is still pumping pretty hard, you know, that I didn't even know I had. I must have put a seed in and forgot and then found it. 
So I'm, you know, I'm pretty stoked that like now that I know that like, hey, I can still get a green because I do legit miss eating greens in the summertime. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm with you. I, you know, it is shocking though to see what some people can grow. And I, I and I ask that question a lot on Instagram when I see people growing stuff. I'm like, when can you, you know, when will you replant this or when will it stop producing for you? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I am curious, you know, I do want to know. It's interesting to me that like, oh, okay, so that's what this climate's like. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think some climates are just made better for growing certain things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a part of like the community, though. Some of the, the things that I talk about, I think some of the biggest things when it comes to community, kind of just randomly here, we'll insert it in this episode, is I think variety. Have you tried this variety? I know that there's some some gifts and some curses around that. Um, I was just chatting with someone around the different types of turnips she grows. She grows one type of turnip for the roots and another type for the grains, right? Meaning like this variety she prefers. What's that? Interesting. Yeah, I know, right? This variety she prefers for the roots and this other variety she uh, prefers for the grains. And I'm just like, oh, you're opening this thing up for me, man. Like, because you know my next thing, you're going to be drinking every time you hear me say turnips next year. Um, So, but I mean, I think that's one of the things I pull from the community, right? (laughs) You know how I know we're at summertime, first of all? When you sat up, I saw your towel that you got jammed. I yeah, was like, What's man. Wrong with listen, the I'm like, oh yeah, she's I'm like one sweating. of those old, old uh, fat mechanics, man. I got to keep a rag around. Gave <laughs> like, me out here, sweat but pouring see, into my exa- eyes. Can't see. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, you try and be bald. There's a reason why people have no, hair. There's that it too. keeps the sweat out of your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, your friend, whoever this lady is, mm-hmm. um, first of all, thank you for proving my point, ma'am, mm-hmm. because. She knows in her area she can grow this one thing very well. So she's dialed it down to where she grows two types for mm-hmm. two different things, two different uses. That's exactly what that's all about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's exactly what it is to be in tune with your zone, your garden, and your tastes. Yeah. So um, my, hat's, my hat's off to that person because they've obviously taken the time to figure that out as well. Yeah. And I didn't, I wanted, I haven't asked to say her name either, but yeah, she's, she's a listener. So you're going to know who I'm talking, when you hear this, you'll know I'm talking about you. And then I'll ask you later if, you know, I can mention your name in the future, but she's in 7B now. Right. You know, and so Uh she moved from like, I think it's Minnesota. um, And that's closer to me in my climate. Right. You know, and we were chatting about kind of the change she had to make, similar to you, you know, the change she had to make and what she grows in her garden in 7B compared to where she came from. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, I mean, that's one, it's, it's one of the most authentic pieces of gardening. We talked about this. um, I think it was with Stacy who had moved, you know, um, when you make adjustments, when you move to different climates and you still power through with gardening, you know, so that's yeah i had to i had a big uphill battle when i moved from massachusetts Mm because that's where i did the bulk of my gardening Mm -hmm. um as an adult was where i really started up there so i was used to things being very short-lived you know and now it's like damn i got tomatoes growing for like six months i got these indeterminate tomatoes out there if i don't top them they're gonna be 15 feet 20 feet high Mm -hmm. you know so um it's just a totally different thing um So, I mean, planting a fall garden is all about managing expectations and being realistic about what you're going to get and trying not to cheat nature too much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, we all want to extend our season. And if for me, season extension isn't growing, it's harvesting. Yeah. Yeah. You can write that down. That's the quote of the day. So <laughs> listen to you. Yes, write that down. This is the quote of right the day. Hold on, let me give you <laughs> just a little bell. But seriously, because it's like I can watch a turnip grow, but I don't give a shit about watching it grow. Mm-hmm. I give a crap about pulling it out and taking it inside and eating it. So um there is definitely some level of storage that's happening, right? Yeah. You know, when it comes to the fall. Um and you you'll see it sprinkled in articles that you read you know they'll say especially for root vegetables they'll say things like depending on your weather leave them in place and you can harvest them when you need them everyone knows in that case that they're 
well, the writer knows that that thing isn't growing anymore, but we know that the shelf life changes once we pull it out of the dirt, you know, so leave it in that dirt in that instance until you're ready to use it. It might be growing a little bit. I don't know. I don't know either. That's a good, I, 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 I'm curious. I don't think there's any way to find out, but. No, it's one, of, it's one of the world's unsolved mysteries. Well, I will tell you that I left a carrot in the ground over the winter and then come back. I came back in like early March and pulled it and it was a beast. <laughs> I mean, like an uneatable beast. Okay, it got I was going to so say, big. how did it taste? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I ate it, so don't get me wrong, <laughs> but you know, it's just, <clears throat> You know, and I know that this is my soapbox and it, you know, every year we come around to it and I hope not to be talking about it for a couple months, but just know what you're plant planting for the season. That's the biggest thing I think we can take away from this. And I think, uh, you know, be so. kind to yourself, right? Because yeah. there are going to be some wins and there are going to be perhaps maybe some losses, if you will. Um, and, you know, there's some folks that are out there that have been gardening in the fall for a long time. Some folks, whether it's too hot for them to be out, they prefer not to be out in the middle of summer, you know, maintaining, plucking, pruning stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there comes a time in, in my garden where I kind of get a little hands off for a while and, you know, only go out there in the evening. And I mean, imagine the people out in like Arizona, New Mexico, all those like really hot places. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you do. You yeah. Know? I saw an Instagram page and they've disappeared from my feet. I should probably go find them where they took all of their pictures at night in their garden and they lived in one of those areas. <laughs> Cause so it was too that's hot. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's like a whole thing. So, mm-hmm. but I believe that it is time for somebody that would be me to give the recipe of the day. We may be talking about fall, but this recipe is not about fall. Batavia, you're going to want to pay attention to this because I found it. (laughs) I found it. I found it. I found it. The salsa recipe I've been looking for, and I'm going to tell you how to can it right now. Boom. Listen, this is your reputation. I am choking down the sauce I made last year. Like this ain't it, but damn it. <laughs> I got five more jars of it. <laughs> I, dude, I, I know. That's why I didn't can salsa last year at all. Okay, here we go. Four and a half pounds of tomatoes. A half a cup of cilantro. Two white onions. Six cloves of garlic. And the juice of four limes. Okay, Mm -hmm. and then for heat, I used four jalapenos and it gave it a mild, um, a little bit more than a mild heat. So you're going to chop all the tomatoes, chop all of the onion, chop the jalapeno, juice the limes, um, chop the garlic, put it all into. I use a Dutch oven. You can use a pot, whatever. Cook it down for about 45 minutes till it's night till the onions are nice and translucent, mm-hmm. you know, nice and soft. And you're going to let it cool. Then we're going to take it. We're going to put it into the blender and then you're going to blend it. OK, we're going to blend it, blend it, blend it. Get it to the consistency you want. Mm-hmm. And you're going to pour it back into the pot. But when you pour it in this pot, I take a strainer and I strain it just to get the big, you know, egregious pieces of tomato skin and stuff out. Put it in. And then I cook it down, uncovered, simmer it. You boil it, bring it to a boil, turn it to a simmer. I simmered mine for about 45 minutes Mm -hmm. and that thickened it up a little bit. And then that will make three pint, about three pint jars of salsa. So right before you're done um, cooking it down, I forgot to add that's when you put your cilantro in. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. And your salt to taste. So I put about two teaspoons of salt in. And then you can can it. Um, You can pressure can it, which is what I do. um, 15 minutes at 11 pounds of pressure per square inch. Mm -hmm. Or you can water bath it for 45 minutes. So there you go. And that, my friends, is what so far I believe is the closest to a Mexican restaurant style salsa that I can find. Now... Do you know why it was so hard to find? Why is that? Because it was called Mexican sauce. 
son of a bitch all these years. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, but yeah, it's super easy, right? And that's the thing is every time I went to go eat it, I was like, there's not much to this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so. for me, it's really about the consistency. Um, and this, I have the consistency. I have the consistency. I have the flavor. Um, I probably will add, like, as I open the jars, I'd probably add more lime. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. I actually ended up putting five limes in. I And, um, yeah, I put five limes in. I'd probably put six limes in. Okay. So, mine is going to be orange because all my tomatoes are orange this year. So. <laughs> That's fun, though. Listen. So there you go. I am in three months, I guess, when I get tomatoes, (laughs) I'm going to be sure to try that. Uh, So what, you know, the the stinky part, though, is I had to last couple of years I've made salsa. I've had to buy the cilantro because I still, you know, we know the whole story about tomatoes when they're ripe versus when cilantro really wants to be grown. Um, So but I'm willing to do that. Everything else came out of my garden except Mm -hmm. for the cilantro. Mm hmm. Okay, so it's boss. It is what it is. Yeah. It is. Oh, it, it's boss. Yeah, like, I'll take that. So as a matter of fact, at twelve thirty today, I will be canning it live on Instagram. Not today when you get it. Today when we're filming it, uh, recording this. So sorry, yeah. but <laughs> you'll yeah. be able to go back and look in the archives. This is will already have been. Uh, yeah, you know. I think Miss Gardner might jump on with me. I don't know. Hey, yeah. So if I can get Miss Batavia on there one day, that'd be good Aww. too. But if I had yeah, cherry was, tomatoes, um, I would join you guys. But clearly, I don't have those either. <laughs> oh, I'm drying cherry tomatoes too now. I'm blaming it on the weather, so I'm comfortable I, I with it. I'm blaming statement. it on um, I could not. I can't control that. So no, that's a fair statement. I I'm, I support you blaming it on the weather. Oh, oh, I forgot already. We already told them that I didn't plant any cherry tomatoes i i don't know oh wait (laughs) so there's that (laughs) i thought you said you're volunteers well we still the volunteers we you know i was counting on them being cherry tomatoes and i didn't want to add any more to the two volunteers well i mean you know it's one of those things me basically you know for the people who are still waiting and i mean at this point in the year when this airs i don't think people will be waiting really but when they finally ripen, man, it's like every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every day they're coming out, you know, so. Yeah, the, um, I'm starting to get cucumbers. And so this is just where you have the mix, mixed match thing. Like nothing like a fresh cucumber and tomatoes from the garden in a salad or even just on your plate. We've given some recipes yeah. around that. So, I mean, it's all good. I'm not complaining. It is what it is. When they come, it's they're like good. you said, they're going to come on strong. So. Yeah, I mean, I remember last year, you got a huge flush of tomatoes. Huge it was batch, huge, huge ridiculous. batch. Ridiculous. And this year, um, I, my aromas are kicking butt, and I already know the variety I'm going to continue to grow versus Which the is? ones, well, you know, it's, it's premature to say, but the determinate Roma, the true Roma, mm-hmm. has already started to put on real-sized tomatoes, and I'm just starting to find flowers on the other kind of paste tomatoes. But again, they, they are once indeterminate and once determinate. So I knew one would be a faster producer. Uh, we'll see. You know, I just at this point, I'm less worried yeah. about my tomatoes and more worried about my melons and my cucumbers. And we'll talk later around um, how maybe it wasn't such a great idea to plant my cucumbers so close to a couple of tomato plants. <laughs> Cucumber, man, those vines are assassins. <laughs> like, yeah, they are. So when you do your um, Roma's, are they heirloom or are they hybrid? I don't. I can't remember. I don't remember either. I have to check on that. Yeah. Because you know this is the first year that I have not grown aroma, and I'm I'm happy with the orange banana tomatoes, but uh, it's a little odd not having a red tomato. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, which is why I started. Um, I did my second um, planting of tomatoes uh, a week ago. So I have um, cherry tomato, a regular cherry tomato, and a carbon tomato that I started. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, which is actually a quote-unquote black tomato but it's not gonna be black you know it's gonna be red with a slight hint of purple in it so whatever and uh does this episode come out after yeah this episode comes out after the social media gardening Mm -hmm. did you see that brad's atomic tomato yeah um, i did post i sent you i did I, i purposely did not mention that picture because you know i'm a photographer and a filmmaker so like when I see that picture that is advertised, used to advertise it, 
it screams bullshit. Well, I mean, the, the backdrop is in black and white, basically, and then the colors of the tomatoes are set to pop. So there is that. So right. it's typically, yeah, and we'll see, and that's typically what that means is when you see that, it's, there's this whole thing, like when I was first starting out and I was, you know, I was learning and going to classes and studying and doing things. A lot of people said when you see pictures like that, it's a very amateur way of showing something mm-hmm. because it makes it pop so hard mm-hmm. and it's just overly um, saturated yeah. and I mean, it just screams like, all right. But I mean, I know they look amazing, but when the reality of it are to the common eye. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. So for me, I planted, um, I had an experience with that this year. Uh, I can't say the name. Alliums. Alliums. Mm -hmm. Bulbs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they come up and they have a little prom on top. Mm -hmm. And um, man, mine just, they were so pitiful compared to what (laughs) the internet showed. It was like, oh, are you, you know everything that I planned I was just like this is pitiful so um, you know it is what it is though so I just wanted to point that out because it was pretty funny it was like the day after we recorded Mm -hmm. it it popped up I was like Mm -hmm. thank you yeah now that when you showed it to me I'm like oh I totally have seen that but I think (laughs) I thought maybe it was a special effect of some or some sort I didn't necessarily think about but I guess the name Atomic makes sense I didn't necessarily think like that's what the tomato I don't know I don't know what I thought it's not in yeah, my garden you know, unless some bird brought some seed from someone else's garden and dropped it in mine. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that I would not grow those. I just would not grow anything with the expectation that they would look like that. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because nothing looks overly saturated. Like when it comes out of your garden, like it's it's very difficult, you know, mm-hmm. to get what everybody thinks. So, what you know, what advertising pictures look like. Yeah. But you know what it's my tomato and it looks damn good the way i grew it thank you all yeah. the cracks and everything yeah. i love every single crack on every single tomato i was just gonna say <laughs> that i checked out your video um on backyard gardens tv on youtube about cracked tomatoes um which is a whole different i didn't have any that like had straight split yeah yeah so and i wasn't about to split tomatoes for for it, but you kind of get the idea <laughs> Now, that being said, I have cherry tomatoes that are split, so. Yeah, those I've, I've typically seen, like, they're just overripe is what ends up happening yeah. in my garden for those. Not Which this year again, because seeds. clearly I don't have any cherry tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm saving some blue cream seeds, so mm-hmm. everybody, anybody wants some, we'll give them away. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. You know, um, get out there and start a fall garden i mean stop screwing around it's late enough what are you waiting for you know get some greens stick them in a pot everybody have fun and um remember when your vegetables get by frost they're just that much sweeter and until next time see ya thanks for hanging out with us today if you want to see what we're up to or just stay up to date on all the announcements regarding the show or anything gardening then you can follow us on instagram at backyard gardens tv we love seeing what you guys are doing. So use hashtag BYG podcast in your posts and we'll be sharing your gardens with the Backyard Gardens community. And check us out on YouTube at Backyard Gardens where we will post this show, all of our other shows, clips, and then also some gardening tips and just gardening entertainment. And you can see us at our website at BackyardGardensTV.com. But that's it for today's show. So help us as we learn to grow and grow for change. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later. We'll call this one a wrap. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.